Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the PureSex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we have our director of training all the way from uh, Portland, John Fort, with us. So, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, except for my microphone keeps messing up. Yeah, right when we get started, you know, uh, John's mic starts to droop and fall. Yeah. And so, anyway, only the video watchers will, will know anything that's okay. happening. Not, so. I'm back now. <laughs> He's back, back and, back and in business. Well, hey, uh, before we get started, because we're gonna, we've got a, a subject that I think tons of parents are really going to be interested in, you know, talking about these six reasons why kids seek out pornography. But before we dive into that, um, listeners, we want to let you know that we are a listener-supported program, which means that the way you're hearing us or seeing us is just because we've had incredible partners that have come alongside uh, you. You've come alongside and helped us by uh, sending us donations and becoming a monthly partner. Um, and that's the way that we continue this program. So if you've been blessed by this program, you want to see us continue to, to, to bring great content and help men, women, and families to uh, move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ, then please go to puresexradio.com. Uh, click on the donate link and you can learn about the ways that you can support us. Also, a really simple and free way to help us continue to expand the reach is just once you've listened to the broadcast, um, rate and review the podcast for us. Just go to your uh, to the Apple Podcaster and and rate us and give us a review. That helps us to be found in search results and uh, just as a great way to let people know about um, the program. So, John, uh, I know this is a this is a topic that's going to be really interesting to a lot of parents. But, but first of all, um, tell us where you gathered such information. Like, how are we to know? Are the these are these are like the six reasons that kids look for porn, or is this just you yeah. know how do we well, how do you find this information? We got two places we got this information. One, um, some of these we already were new and we were talking about as be broken as we've talked with, usually it's young men in recovery. And so they're talking about reasons they looked at porn and that kind of stuff. And then um, very recently, um, an organization called Protect Young Minds did research with a group of men and women who had become porn addicts and they studied why they started looking at porn, what they were using porn for as kids. So some of the information comes from that that was recently presented at NICOSI, the National Coalition Against Ex Sexual Exploitation Conference. Um, so I want to give them credit for that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're going to be posting that study on their website, Protect the Unminds, um, soon. Anyway, the... Uh, so that's where we got these. There's two yeah, sources. So let's, let's dive in. Let's, what's the, what's yeah, the first reason yeah. you've got for. Yeah. So these probably, there may be other, other reasons, but these are the main reasons. So um, the first is, is obvious curiosity. Like we all know this is that um, kids use pornography to find answers to questions that they don't know. They've heard people talking. Maybe they heard a word that they understand is sexual. They don't know what it means. They hear that their friends telling a sexual joke and I don't know what they're talking about. Um, they just wonder how things work. And when no one has told them, they go to porn for answers. And porn becomes the place that they find out they get their sex education from. And, obviously, super, and obviously, in today's world, it's, it's super easy to get that kind of information, right? Because it's a Google search away or it's, you know, right. I, I, I think it's important for us to recognize like, man, the avenues for that curiosity to be uh, you know, intrigued or, or, or to be um, searched out is way simpler than when you and I were kids. 
Right. You know what I mean? It's faster to get to that kind of information right. of pornography than when you and I were kids. See, when a kid has a question, they want the answer right now. Two or three hours from then, they may not even remember the question again. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. with porn, they can ask immediately. Um, so when we talk about parents, what do we do for about this? Um, number one, we got to not wait for them to ask, but begin proactively uh, giving them healthy sex education. Like what is sex for and that kind of thing, not just the bad, but the good. Um, we need to start early. Almost always we need to start younger than we think. When we, uh, I forget who it was recently told me, um, it was a youth pastor nearby here that told me, we always look at our kids as if they're younger than they really are. Mm. We don't understand their maturity. Is all, even though they may act goofy, there's parts of their maturity they are almost always older than we think. And so we have, so, so that's one of the issues parents have wait too long um, to talk about these things. Um, do you think another, it's also, do you think it's also helpful thinking about this curiosity element uh, to just make the assumption as a parent that your kids have questions about everything? Yeah. So, so in some ways, is it good for parents to even preemptively start to ask and introduce questions to their kids in age appropriate ways right. with the assumption, my kids are going to have questions about everything. Why would I assume that they don't have questions about sex when they've had questions about everything else? They got questions about insects. They got questions about the sky. They got questions about trees. You know, everything's a question. Yeah. Uh, you know, to give us an idea, uh, there's a pastor in Georgia, pastor Jason Dees of a Baptist church down there that has his story about this. And when he, when he, was eight years old, his dad sat him down and told him everything about sex. He went through every dirty word he knew and explained what they meant, everything. And we might think, well, you're ruining his innocence. And Jason says, no, he protected me because I knew what to do. Part of that conversation was if you see porn, if your kid friends start getting porn out, you turn around and come home immediately and tell me and you will not be in trouble. And so very shortly after that, that exact thing happened. He was at some friend's house and they started to look at porn and he goes, I knew exactly what to do. I just got mm -hmm. up and left. Um, so we think we're actually protecting our kids when we give them information about sex. Um, so that's, that's one that, that kind of puts this stuff in perspective. Another thing, very recently, we have an intern this summer at Be Broken helping us and he's pretty young and, and he was looking over this stuff with me and he said to say this, he goes, he said to tell parents when you are, telling your kids, answering a question your kid has, make sure you answer it completely. Parents sometimes are embarrassed and kind of leave stuff out. Well, when you leave stuff out, the kid knows it. He goes, it's like a movie trailer. This makes you want to see more. Yeah. So if we tell our kids our, a little bit, but leave out things and they can tell we're leaving things out, we're enticing them to go to porn. They say, well, mom and dad will tell me a little bit, but porn will tell me everything. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting insight. Yeah, that's good. So, so we've got curiosity. Mm -hmm. We want to, we want, we want our parents to, uh, you know, tell them information and not leave things out. What are some other solutions to help for parents to help their kids, you well, know, have well, their curiosity relieved? As far as you're talking about resources or just, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, like what yeah. we're, yeah. So a resource we go to, we, we have a, um, a parent resource list on all anything to do with sexuality or bodies or any of that kind of stuff. A big list we'll have make available to you. Jonathan will talk about that at the end here. Um, and it's a list of all kinds of books and DVDs and web pages that literally help parents have these conversations. Um, there's a lot, lots of out there and we've kind of gone through and trying to pick the best ones that we know of. 
And so that, that'll, that can help. It's like, you don't have to know how to do this. There's DVDs and books and things that you can just get and do with your kid about these things. Yeah. And I think that's a good, that's a good point. I think it's, it's really good to do a lot of, a lot of these resources are designed in such a way that it's good to go through them with your children. I think sometimes the resources historically have been sort of like, okay, this one is the parents, you go in this corner and take this book and you, you do this. And, and then you sort of just go spew that information all over your kids. And maybe you've got something where it's like, okay, teenagers or kids, you go in this corner and you, you read this and get all confused and never ask your parents a question about it. You know, so it's, I, I think it's good when the resource can bring parents together, right. parents and kids together. Right. Uh, because like you said, parents can spot or kids can spot when something's being left out. And so the more you can integrate the, the process yeah. here, it's, it's better. However, I do want to say this. I've talked to lots of parents who, when they, they were terrified to talk to their kids about sex, and when they did, and their kids like, oh, we can ask you questions about sex? Well, I didn't know we could do that. And they just blurt out. All, so like, what happens more often is that once kids know that they can talk to us, we can be overwhelmed with the number of questions that they'll ask. Mm. And so like, just be ready for that. So not, not, not all kids are that way, but, but I've heard a lot of cases where you don't need that much help. Like a parent will tell me, we started reading this book and we didn't get very far because my kid just started just asking millions of questions and all I had to do was answer them. So um, that, that's a, that happens a lot too. So what's the second reason that kids go looking for porn? The second one is another fairly obvious one. That's peer pressure. But it's not just a couple of reasons. It's not just that they're with friends and their friends start looking at porn and want them to see it, which obviously that's the case um, that that happens, but it's also hearing their friends talk about porn a lot and then feeling left out. My son tells me now that when he was in high school, people talking about porn was just like talking about what they had for breakfast. I mean, it was just everywhere. And he said he felt sort of weird that he wasn't doing that. At least, or he's trying not to most of the time. So what I'm saying is, is that that um, just the fact that you're not one, and or kids, friends are talking about porn, and they want to be able to join in that conversation. They want to be part of that conversation. Um, girls can feel like they have to look at porn because guys won't like them, or will kind of think they're prudes or something if they're not, if they won't look at that. So there's there's pressure on all different both boys and girls in this area. And the, the main idea for parents to take away with this is talk with your kids about what their friends are doing. Say, what are your friends talking about porn? What are they saying about sex? What are they saying? You know, how do, and then ask, how do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. um, because the kids don't stop and think about, we have to help trigger them to start process. They're fully capable of processing their thoughts and talking with it. But unless we help them even ask themselves that question, they won't. Yeah, and I think every single person who's listening understands that feeling of that that awkwardness or that pressure or or feeling like you want to fit in. And I remember when I was in junior high and all of these, you know, raging hormones are starting to go through my body and there's lots of confusion in my mind about sex and sexuality and these feelings and I'd never had any conversation with my parents about these kinds of things. And I remember getting into this sort of dialogue and debate and even argument with some, a couple of the guys about something sexual. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost felt like I was having an out-of-body experience because I was thinking, my mouth is still moving. I'm still forming words and I'm completely ignorant about what I'm talking about. 
but it's like, I felt like I had to keep <laughs> saying something or anything, even if I was totally wrong, because I didn't want to see, be silent and therefore prove that I didn't know anything about the subject. You know what I mean? So I think we understand what that pressure feels like. And it's, it's, I mean, I can't even, it's probably a thousand times more for kids today in junior high and high school yeah. because of, again, the, the accessibility and the amount of pornography that's available at their fingertips. Mm -hmm. And again, another reason why it's important for us to be who our kids view as the people for sex, the, the, the sex educators for them, because if they hear something like that, they can come home and say, mom and dad, these kids were talking about this. And what do you think? Um, we want to build that kind of a relationship where they can do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, and, and I do want to say this, a lot of times when I talk to parents who send their kids to a Christian school or homeschool their kids, they don't think they have to worry about that. <laughs> when I talk to homeschool kids, universally they say, oh yeah, we know way more about sex than our parents think we do. It, it, it's it's the, the parents all under, vastly underestimate usually what their kids are talking with other friends about. I don't care if they're kid, friends from church. I don't care if they're from Christian schools or homeschool or whatever. Kids talk to each other about this. And so we need to be in part of that conversation. Yeah. And I think the statistics bear out pretty consistently that, what does it say? That like seven out of 10 teenagers uh, hide their online behavior from their parents. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the vast majority are not communicating with whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they're searching out online and, yeah. So, so what are some resources there? Sure. Well, there's a, there's a, a good blog on Protect Young Minds about how to warn kids against porn without scaring them. Because especially the younger they are, you don't want to scare them. So there's a good blog on that. There's a blog on Covenant Eyes about how to explain the dangers of porn to your child. In other words, there's a lot of things about the dangers of porn that kids just aren't going to resonate with. So this blog is specifically about how to talk to a kid, really of kind of any age, like eight years old and up, that, that they will understand. Um, it doesn't cover everything, but you don't need to tell, like some of the stuff that this, the kid's like, what are you talking about? Um, like talking about how it's going to ruin your marriage. Um, sometimes, I mean, yes, true, but I'm not sure a 10 year old really, that's just too far out there. Yeah. That's them. way outside of their scope of imagination. <laughs> and then I'd also recommend the book, um, talk a practical approach to cyber parenting by Mandy majors, not just about this, but it's a really good book for just how to talk about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. That's good. So we've got curiosity. We've got peer pressure. What's the third reason that kids search out porn? So this one was from Protect Young Minds. And this was a surprise to me. I hadn't expected this one. Um, freedom. So what this means is children in very strict homes or in homes that the, the kid perceives they have no choices, they have no freedom to do anything. Porn becomes a way to rebel in secret and to sense freedom when they have no other freedom in their life. Now, obviously, this applies to this certain situations in certain families and even certain kids. I mean, you might have two kids in the same family, and one of those kids thinks, feels that way, and the other one doesn't. Mm. Okay, so we have to understand the kid's personality in this. But um, if a kid has no way to express themselves or no freedom of choice at all, pornography becomes a way to get that choice secretly. Yeah, I can I can relate to this one a lot because I think I think until you said that i made my i might not have been able to say that thinking back in my own history yeah that was one of the reasons that i was doing what i was doing with pornography but looking back on it now after you said that i'm thinking yeah i think there was an element of that the idea of and and not even just because 
you know, not, not even saying that I had a highly restrictive family, but I think just my sense of rebellion in my spirit against any kind of lines being placed around me of any kind. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was just like freedom from whatever my parents were imposing. There might've been a part of me just even in my broken sinful nature that was saying, Hey, I, I, yeah, I'm growing up in an environment where I'm, I'm told that God even puts parameters around me. Well, Hey, I don't want that. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be free. You know, I want to make whatever decision I want. So there is that sense within pornography, like you can look for whatever you want. You can find whatever you want. Um, what are some of the dangers though of, do you think of a kid associating the idea of freedom with pornography? Because that seems to me like that's a that's an incongruent mix there of trying to say, oh yeah, freedom is what pornography is teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, what they don't understand is that pornography very quickly enslaves them mm. and, and gets them to where it it it's in charge and it and it's the one that they have to keep looking at it it's like a, like they're owned by it. And this is not this is something that they will experience if they start using it very much consistently. They'll feel this starts messing up their life. And this is back to that explaining the dangers of porn to kids. It talks about some of that kind of stuff. Um, so um, I, you know, I actually can kind of relate to you as well, Jonathan. Uh, my parents were pretty strict, but not, it wasn't so much too strict. It just somehow I developed my mind that I had to be perfect. I had to portray myself as perfect. Um, if we feel like we always have to be perfect, porn gets to be a way that I can secretly be doing something nobody knows about and kind of feel that you know, kind of thing, instead of, instead of having a healthy ability to like, you know, let's go get dirty. Let's go roll in the mud. Let's go, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like the, 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 there has to be some healthy outlet for that kind of wild child kind of thing. Yeah. So what are some resources for parents in this idea of helping, helping their kids uh, maybe understand what real freedom is about rather than thinking that it's going to be found in pornography? There's another blog in Covenant Eyes called Why Punishing Kids for Porn Use Almost Always Backfires. It's a pretty new one. Um, that, that one we'll have a link to, and that's a, that is related to this topic. Um, and then the other one is um, we have a Be Broken Here 60-minute consults you can do, and so you can set up a 60-minute consult with me. The thing is this particular one um, it, it is so dependent on the dynamics of the family and the kid that it's hard to have like one particular resource for that. So that might be something to do just to have somebody help you think through what's going on with my kid and our family. And what are some things maybe we could change to kind of help with that? Or how do you talk about that? I think it's important that you said that because not all kids test boundaries in the same way, right? Not all kids are exploring their freedom in the same way. So we've got curiosity, we've got peer pressure, we've got this idea of freedom or wanting to test boundaries. What's the fourth reason that kids look for porn? The fourth reason, um, protect young minds found, but this is something we talk about a lot, is seeking comfort. This is something mm-hmm. we broke and we, have a, we talk about. It's the main thing we talk about with parents, with kids, is porn is an easily accessible, fast-acting, very powerful way to relieve stress and anxiety. And for kids who don't understand their emotions, don't know what to do with them, are afraid of emotions, it just, you know, it's similar thing can be video games or just anything that's just checking out. The difference with porn is, is it gives them a giant kick of dopamine, which feels really good. And it's even more powerful. It doesn't just numb out. It completely overwhelms any negative feelings they have. Yeah. And I think, I mean, every single guy that we've ever had come through uh, a gateway to freedom workshop, I mean, Hey, this has been a component of his pattern 
of going to pornography. And, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's interesting how that morphs over time from let's say your childhood and teenage years into adulthood, because the particular stressors might change, but you've established the pattern of how I'm going to deal with any kind of stressor or discomfort in my life is porn is my outlet. Mm-hmm. And so I think it only, it only gets reinforced over time. And that connection between stress and porn is solidified and strengthened. The more we go to it every single time we're trying to relieve stress. And I would add, you know, of these six things, there's no child that has all six of these. I don't yeah. think, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to be the case. But this one probably is true of every kid. Is yeah. This one, if they do not know how to deal with their feelings, this becomes a huge temptation. The main reason for temptation to use porn for any kid. So of all six, this one is like really, really important. Probably this one and then the sex education part piece. These two, they really have to deal with. Um, the main idea for parents here is make talking about feelings something your entire family does. In our family, we talk about how we feel. That means we as parents have to learn how to identify our feelings and talk about our feelings in front of our kids and then ask them about feelings, which I, I'm sure you agree, Jonathan. We were not taught how to do that as when we were kids. No, yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't know if anybody who had, um, and I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but I th- almost think, I wonder how many people with uh, parents in the boomer generation necessarily had that kind of an upbringing. Because again, I think there's, there are generational aspects in terms of like, I, I just remember my parents were very much in a generation that it was like, it was, it was almost better to be stoic, you right. know, stiff upper lip, you suck it up, you get through it. You, and I'm not saying it's not like my, my parents weren't uncaring or, and, and my friend's parents weren't uncaring, but I think there was a sense where you drew lines around certain things that said, if we feel as parents, an ignorance or a discomfort around this, it's better if we just don't right. overtly address it. We'll mm-hmm. kind of, we'll, we'll try to make up in other areas by, you yeah, know, you, you can't overemphasizing other things and underemphasizing these. This is one that every house, every family has to work on. Now, younger parents, really young parents or really little kids may have grown up where they talked about feelings a lot, but there's a difference. See, today, a lot, because this whole learning to talk about your feelings is something that all schools, that's everywhere, it's all over the place, right? But what I'm seeing with kids and teenagers today is they may know what they feel, but they have no idea how to deal with that. And they still have super high anxiety around it. So it's not just knowing what I feel, but what do I do about that? Yeah. And the key on that is what do you, how do you respond to that in healthy, constructive ways? Because I do think we've swung the pendulum so far now that rather than expressing feelings and learning how to deal with them in healthy ways, we express feelings and then worship the feeling. Mm-hmm. In other words, we make the feeling itself an end. Yeah. Rather or, than like, it should be, it should be like a, uh, you know, sort of like a mile marker. It should be some kind of indicator, not necessarily like the feeling itself is an end in itself. Yeah. Or we use the feeling like a victim is like, well, I'm depressed. I have to do this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And not understanding, no, you don't have to look at porn or binge on Netflix because you're depressed. There are I think, better ways to deal with that. 
I do think it's also important to, to, to just acknowledge as parents and encourage parents out there that when you begin to seek to be open about talking about feelings in your family, that the spectrum of feelings is extremely wide and varied. <laughs> and so I think sometimes we say, okay, great. Yeah, we'll talk about feelings. And then guess what? A dark feeling emerges or a confusing feeling or really, really sad emotion comes up. And like everything that's kind of on that, maybe what we might call more of the negative end of the spectrum, I think is where we really struggle to know how to really discuss those. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey, let's talk about happiness or talking about feeling good. Easy. Right. But yeah. not really so much the so harder stuff. The solution to this is do not wait until you understand how to talk about feelings. You do it with, you learn with your kids and the best resource is the honest talk book that we have out. Mm -hmm. That's fifth. That, that's what that book is about. It's combining the emotions and sexuality to get together. Um, and, and you just, you just, it, it'll walk you right through it. You, there's not any. Okay. So we've gotten that. through four reasons here. So what's the fifth reason that kids search out porn? Um, this one is one that, that is uh, from, from stuff we've had with Be Broken is validation. Actually, John Eldridge really does a whole lot of this, this, is that when a kid, a boy, doesn't feel secure enough as a man or like, am I really a man? Am I really good enough? Do I qualify? Or a girl is thinking, am I, do I really qualify? Am I really good enough to be a woman? Um, they can seek out things like pornography to somehow feel that way. So when a kid is looking at someone who's looking at them with this, because a lot of pornography kind of emulates this kind of fake desire, even though the person being filmed has no idea who you are, but it gives you this false sense of I'm being accepted and I'm accepted in this really intimate and personal way. So it's a false way to gain validation as, as a man or a woman or as a boy or a girl. Um, and that, uh, so that, that's um, a thing that a lot of kids who ha are feel insecure, this is for kids who feel insecure, this becomes a reason for them. Mm -hmm. And then, so what are the ways that, that parents can really seek to address that in a, in a healthy way? So, you know, validating your son as a man, validating your daughter as a woman, um, both the mother and father have roles in that in each cases, okay? Um, I love this therapist, Ann Martin up here, she says she has girls and she goes, when they got to a certain age, they didn't care so much what I thought about what they were wearing. They would say, dad says I look nice today. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there's that kind of thing. And, and boys need validation as a man from their dad. That's the only place, um, only a man can give it a boy his, his validation as a man. But he comes to, there's times when he wants to know from his mom, am I, do, would, are women interested in me? Yeah. You know am I attractive? Am I, am I doing the things that would attract a woman? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and so they, you know, ideally both parents for that. Yeah, that's good. Any resources for, for that? Well, well, John Eldridge's stuff is good. Um, although it's very tinted towards guys. Again, the um, Honest Talk book talks about that as well. Yeah. Okay. And so finally, number six, what's the sixth reason that kids search it, out porn? The sixth one is the one that's really hard to talk about. And that is sexual abuse. Um, so when kids are, and we have to understand that what we're talking about is any uninvited sexual contact. It can be from someone their own age. It can even be from someone younger. It can be any, doesn't matter. It's not some old guy down the street. That's not what we're talking about. Um, any uninvited sexual contact. Um, it's very confusing to a kid. It creates all kinds of feelings you don't understand. And some of them will look at porn as way looking for in their porn. They're looking for the same thing that happened to them. 
mm -hmm. they're trying to make sense of what happened to them. And by seeing it, is it normal? What happened to me? Is that normal? If I look at another things or trying to figure out my feelings. And so they're trying to process what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the, um, now obviously, yeah, this is a huge, difficult, subject when you start talking about sexual abuse and mm -hmm. and so so what encouragement would you have to parents because this is something that i think every parent out there or at least the majority of parents out there would feel desperately ill-equipped to know necessarily how to deal with this so so what encouragement or help would you give to that parent who's saying well what if this were to come up in my child's experience the first thing I think to do is not to overreact. If we freak out in front of them, that just makes them panic. Somebody taught, I can't remember the name, I'm so sorry. Someone said, our kids don't need to, us to join them in their chaos. They need us to invite them into our calm. Mm. So in these kinds of situations is we, ha it doesn't matter how much we're freaking out. We have to try to get a hold of ourselves. And the, what they need is, someone to say, I'm here, it's going to be okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so the first thing to keep in mind is if we suspect this is going on or find out something like this has happened um, and then get help for them. You know, th this is, this is something that um, requires special training for, for therapists. You know, this is not just anybody. I would not touch this with a 10 foot pole and try to deal with this. Yeah. And I like what you're saying there because it's, I think it is important for the parents to know the delineation between what what their role and responsibility is in trying to respond to their child in this. And it's not that they are the expert in sexual abuse recovery, right? No. It's no, that their mom or their dad, they're they're the one to be that uh, source of, of comfort and calm. And, and it almost makes it, you're almost sounding like they need to be kind of the anchor for their child in this storm. Um, yeah. not necessarily the one that's going to walk them through every detail of what yeah. has to happen to come out of that abuse. No, we need to, as parents, we need to be the rock of safety, the place to go when, when, when I just can't take it anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so, so that, that kind of thing. Uh, and we have to also understand that um, another thing is with, with the kids is the definition of what sexual abuse is has changed since I was a kid till today. And now we're much more liberal and much more open to saying, yeah, well, this kind of thing we said that was just normal. No, it's really can be quite emotionally traumatic for a kid. Um, and so um, you don't know necessarily, but then some kids there are maybe that maybe something happened that that wasn't that traumatic to them, but they still need to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's not about how, traumatic it is or anything like that. They just need, they need to process whatever happened. Um, so as far as resources, the main thing is just learn the signs of it and learn how to talk to you. you want to create an environment where your kid can tell you anything. Um, there's an article again on protect young minds. The best one I could find was warning signs of sexual abuse in children. And so and we'll have a link to that on protect young mind. And you can also call focus on the family. We'll have a number. Um, you can call them and then the counselor referral network. Um, we have a counselor referral network, but they'll, they'll probably have more counselors about that particular issue than, than the Be Broken list would. Yeah. Well, John, this has been great. I think this is extremely helpful. As parents, we do need to know um, what's going on with our kids and, and what are these key reasons that kids would search out porn? I think just knowing these six things 
will help us as parents to be able to sort of, if I can put it this way, kind of have our radar up, being able to, to, to know how to engage our kids, to be able to maybe see certain patterns of whether or not there's comfort seeking behavior or curiosity or those other things. Um, I, I really appreciate you putting this together because I think this is going to help a lot of parents. Any final words of encouragement that you would yeah. have to the parents out there? Well, the key is a key concept I want parents to understand. Um, kids use porn to get a need met. Even curiosity is a need. So if we don't want our kids looking at porn, we have to give them alternatives to meet the needs that they were using pornography to fill. They won't just stop. We need to, whatever their need, if they need it for comfort or freedom or curiosity, we have to give them a better way to get that need met than porn. And here's the thing is we can do this. I know it feels really, really scary. When I started talking to my kids about this, I was terrified and I do this for a living. Right. So, um, so, but what we find out is really quickly we get over that and our kids are relieved to have somebody to work through this stuff with them, to have somebody on their side. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And uh, parents out there, listeners, we are going to be uh, providing you with this uh, link to all of these resources. It'll be a single PDF that has all these resources, plus a link to um, and a really extensive resource page that we have on our Pure Life Academy platform. Um, we're going to put that on our uh, family resources page, uh, which is you can find at family.bebroken.com. So it's just family.bebroken.com. It'll be under the, the podcast section, the Pure Sex Radio podcast section. Uh, we're glad that you've been with us. John, thank you again for being with yeah. us and sharing all these ideas. Uh, it's great to have you on our team. And uh, listeners, we're always glad that you've joined us and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.